What is up, quality people? Welcome back to a quality pod. Unfaithful. We got unfaithful today. Shout out to all the quality people. This is the quality life. That's advice to lead you closer to Christ. We are on a mission to spread some practical religion. Shout out to all the quality people that are out there. We got Mr. Jack Myers in the building. Hello, Josh. Hi, Jack. Shout out to Jack. Also, Aunt Cindy is in the house. Hey, peeps. I'm back and ready to comment. Number one. And as always, we need you to... Like for the algorithm. Like for the algorithm. Because we're on a mission, like I said previously, to spread practical religion. We also got T-Mac in the house as well. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm Cindy, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to all the quality people in the chat. Like I said, we got some really cool stuff coming. I am Joshua Prophet, and I'm joined by my beautiful girlfriend, Miss Kenya McIntosh. But yeah, we have some really cool things coming down the pipeline. We're back with another quality episode today. The theme is unfaithful. So our mission and our goal with this show today is to, you know, steer the conversation towards, you know, getting people in the mindset so that they can go and live more faithfully to God rather than, you know, just talking about it. Instead Mm -hmm. of just talking about it, we need to be about it as well. And we have some really cool things we're going to react to. One is a Jackie Hill Perry clip. um, And shout out to Aunt Cindy because she sent me a video of a guy who reacted to part of this sermon. So I was like, hey, we can react to a small part of this sermon as well. Really interesting perspective of how Christians should approach the issue of pride and, you know, just homosexuality in general. I thought it was a very, very interesting perspective. And then before we get to that, though, we are also going to talk about the decline of Christians. Christians. We don't think Jesus is perfect. What? How could that be? How could it be? I don't know. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to read a little bit of an article. But before we get into the show, we want to throw up our schedule. We are at 552 subscribers. Our goal is 1,000. So we have grown about, I think, 20 since the last time that I put this up and updated it. Uh, These are our next three shows. Wednesday, which is tomorrow, we're going to be back here with another quality pod at 9 p.m. Thursday, we got another quality pod pod at 7 30 and friday we're gonna have a profitable conversation at 6 p.m and i imagine kenya will want to do a faith and beyond episode but we'll see yeah we have your mom oh yeah we do (laughs) my mom will be on faith and beyond on friday oh we need to make sure we remind her because she you know she gets going yeah (laughs) so hopefully she tunes into the show and we can remind her as well but we got a power pot power packed show for you and we are excited to get after it so let's go ahead and get into our first topic here all right so christians who believe jesus was sinless is declining meaning People don't think Jesus was perfect no more, even if they claim to be Christians. What is going on? We're going to talk about that right now. What is up, quality people? This is the Quality Life. Guys, we have a question for you. And that question is, 
that's not the question. Hold up. Let's get okay. Why are Christians rejecting a perfect Jesus? That is the main question of today. We want you to leave your thoughts down in the comments section. We are going to be diving in to an article that explores that exact question right now. So let me pull up this article right here for you. It says, troubling survey. Christians who believe Jesus was sinless on earth is declining significantly. And this is based on a survey. Um, so the troubling recent survey says that a portion of born again Christians. So these are people who claim to be born again, who claim to be of the faith, who claim to be seeking Jesus and you know the Christian lifestyle diligently, still believe Jesus was sinless during his time on earth has declined significantly. The American Worldview Inventory 2023 found just 44% of born-again Christians believe Jesus didn't commit any sins during his life on earth. What? And that's down from 58% in 2020, the Christian Post reported. That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, those are kind of crazy numbers right there because, I mean, it's... One thing to say, okay, the majority of Christians think that Jesus was sinless, but now a new survey is like, no, not even half of you guys think that Jesus was sinless. Now, yeah. now this could be very a westernized view. I mean, because you you send this post out, and I mean, it's probably on the internet, but if their audience or the people responding to the post are just predominantly of the western, you know faith and western mindset then it doesn't encompass all of you know christianity worldwide so you got to kind of take that into perspective as well but even still like that's a foundation of the faith so it's like if you don't believe that jesus was sinless right that's a different gospel and a different doctrine so it's like yeah why what happened there yeah so it's like why would you want to believe in a jesus that wasn't Mm-hmm. sinless so let's uh this guy the author of this um has some thoughts so we're going to read a little bit of his thoughts and then we're going to give you our thoughts so today skipping down a little bit christians and the church often fail to grasp and appreciate jesus as the perfect sacrifice and the amazing freedom he won for us on the cross through his covenant blood in the ever-increasing anti-Christ environment we are living in today, we must continue to move from milk to meat, from superficial to the fullness of Christ. Amen. And I like that because it's talking about being faithful to the Word of God. And faithfulness meaning that you are actually you know, living out the lifestyle. It's like you believe in your heart, but also you believe with your being, which means that you actually put that into practice instead of just, you know, hey, I affirm this propositional belief. Yeah, Jesus is Lord, which seems to be, you know, the greater, the, the greater idea of people who are responding. They're like, yeah, I'm born again because they have this idea that, oh, all I needed to do to be born again was to say that prayer that the pastor told me to repeat at the end of the sermon or just believe in my heart, right? But they're not actually living it out. And that's why the Bible also says, like, narrow is the gate, because there's a lot of people that are going to proclaim the name, you know, even people were casting out demons in Christ's name Mm -hmm. who weren't, you know, of, 
you know, who weren't followers of Christ, who weren't actually living the lifestyle faith or living out the lifestyle faithfully. And so we also got to put that into perspective that a lot of people who claim to be, you know, Christian aren't necessarily being faithful to him. Yeah, it's more than just saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I follow Jesus. It's like, well, what does your life look like? What's the fruit of you following Jesus? Because there should be fruit when it comes to that. So, yeah. Yes. All right. So let's go down. He says kind of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. And he kind of gives his thoughts on that um, from, you know, John 5, 39, which says you studied the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And then he also goes over a little bit where he talks about the book of Jude warns us against increase or of the increase of apostasy, the emergence of false teachers and teachings, and ultimately the all-out assault of the truths of God that would take place in the latter days. And yeah, so as we get closer and closer to, you know, the second coming of Christ, there's going to be, it's like, there's not a coincidence that there's access to, you know, a bunch of ideas, unlimited ideas that, you know, can distract you from, the main purpose and the main truth and center of Christ. It's not an accident that as we progress as a society that we start to fall away from God because, you know, we're, we're growing in our knowledge of the world and we think that, oh, this is it, rather than saying, no, like we're actually becoming closer to God with the more knowledge that is uncovered from the world. And so we're actually more uncovering God rather than, you know, disproving or, or yeah, disproving, you know, God or claiming that he's false. So, um, you have any more thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something says the Bible from Genesis revelation. It, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know you were reading it. Um, is about Jesus. Jesus shared this revelation when talking to religious le- leaders of the day When he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And I don't know. It kind of makes me think of, I was listening to the radio a few days ago. And I know no one does that anymore. But um, they were talking about, you can ask God to forgive you um, of your sins. But that doesn't wipe away or blot out the consequences that come from it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's good. No, that's really good because there's always an reaction to your action. and Sometimes it doesn't make itself manifest immediately. But, you know, there, there's even a book called like Your Body Keeps Score. Like there's consequences to everything. Like your body can remember trauma or certain things that happened to you a long time ago. And so there's a lot of spiritual things that happen that you don't necessarily see that are, you know, keeping score against you. All right. So um, last thing I want to go over is um, this part down here that I found was interesting. It said, there are numerous Old and New Testament scriptures that point to Jesus's sinless service. Here are just a couple New Testament verses that should be quite clear to us. So 1 John 3, 5 says, and you know that he, meaning Jesus, was manifest to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So, 
that very clearly says that Jesus is sinless. There is no sin in him. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 5.21 also says, For he made him who knew no sin be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And so basically it's saying that Jesus took on the sinful flesh of man who and was without sin so that he could show us that we could be righteous inside of God, right? He was the perfect lamb of God, the sacrifice who took on this flesh, but then, you know, sacrificed himself on the cross, died for our sins so that now we can be made righteous in the sight of God. So let's get into our thoughts. Before we do that, we want to remind you of the question that you're supposed to be answering. If you haven't, go ahead and answer this. Why are Christians reflect, or not reflecting, why are Christians rejecting a perfect Jesus? So let's get into our main points, starting with Kenya. All right. So my main point is that people are rejecting the essentials of the faith because of poor discipleship. I think that's where it all starts. I think when the foundations aren't communicated effectively, especially for new believers, this leaves anything to chance. And that's why I'm a big believer in after worship nights, after events, after any benedictions, I think it would be more fruitful to leave attendees with a direction to go in what to do next rather than, oh, yay, we got, we, right. we saved Like these a people. practical way to live. Yeah. Which is actually, that's how the apostles were living their life. They were going back and forth on the proper way to live, right? And in light of, you know, Christ's death and resurrection is like, okay, how do we take this and how do we, you know, live for this, right? They weren't saying, oh, go out there and affirm this and you got to do this and you got to do this. It was, it was about molding your being into becoming more righteous and to becoming more holy. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to say like the percentage of people that think Jesus isn't sinless is because they... like fully believe that I've I wonder if it's really because they just don't really know like scripture they don't really know or like yeah fully understand yeah I don't think they fully understand because when I rededicated my life to Christ I was I understood who God was understood um I need God in my life I want to submit my life to God kind of thing Mm -hmm. but when it came to the Jesus concept of Christianity that made me a little bit more confused because I didn't know. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know. Mm. I like understood he died for my sins. I understood through Christ I go to God kind of thing, but I didn't understand like who he was, what he did in the world. So I wonder if that's more of the disconnect rather than, oh, they just choose not Mm. to believe in And I think that's why the article says we need to go from, you know, milk to meet, right? We need to stop being babes in the faith and actually, you know, pursue this wholeheartedly if that's what we claim that we are. Like if we're claiming we're Christians, we need to be faithful to Christ, which is the theme of today's podcast. So go ahead and continue. Yeah. So yeah, that's what uh, my theory is. But my Bible verse is Matthew seven twenty four to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And I think that just shows when we don't have a good foundation, especially as new believers, that's when... Things like this happen with the decline in the foundational truth of the gospel. So Right. And back to what you said, it might be just an educational thing as well. And just not going deeper into their faith yet, um, quite yet. So here's what I think. I think many people want to reap the plentiful harvest of the kingdom without faithful service. This is indicative of our, of our society, which essentially means that a lot of people want everything for very little or nothing, essentially. And so people want the blessings of Christ and they want to be attached to Christ and, you know, what this God thing is all about, but they don't want to actually be accountable to the lifestyle. They don't want to actually be faithful to Christ. They don't want to be in like a fight in a relationship where there is fidelity with Christ, where you're trying to be, you know, very faithful to the will of God rather than, you know, cheat on God, which is to say that you sin, right? They don't want to commit themselves to that because they might see it as too hard, which is another thing. If you can say that Jesus is sinful, right, then you can say that, oh, I don't have to be as perfect, right? Because if Jesus is our example, and he's supposed to be this sinless being, then you're like, well, I can never be that. Less pressure. Yeah. But if you say sinful, then now it's like, well, no, well, I'm kind of like Jesus now because, I mean, if he sinned, he, he must have sinned, right? He was, he was only a man, right? Just like me. Now it's like, I don't have to be as accountable to the word of God. And you should be if you claim to be a Christian. So he said to his disciples, this is Matthew 9, 37 through 38, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. And so essentially we need more workers, you know, being faithful to Christ, being in the fields, actually tilling the harvest because it's there, right? Everything is there, but you do have to go out and you have to be faithful to the will of God. But that's just what we Amen. think. We want to know what you think. Why are Christians rejecting a perfect Jesus? If you like this video, I know that you're going to want to check this video out next because it's it's fire. Let me just tell you. And YouTube is recommending it to you personally. We will see you over there. But until then, don't be right so the alpha and the omega like for the algorithm Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I didn't expect that. I did. I, I guess I didn't uh, plan that or uh, set that up. <laughs> so I guess we'll just uh, rock and roll here. Hey, quality people, <laughs> we, we are here. Let's get to some of your quality.
comments we got on Cindy. He said, some churches are watering down sanctification. Ooh. Amen. If people are shocked about you slash me being Christian, we are living out Christ boldly enough. Hey, people. Break for the algorithm. Oh, she said not living out. We are... Not living out. Okay, got you. So if people are shocked about oh, you yeah, slash you. me being Christian, we are not living out Christ boldly yeah. enough. Yes, amen to that. Amen. amen. And T Max says, Cindy, that is very true. Yes, yes. So they, they will know you by your fruit, right? And so if you aren't producing good fruit, which means that you aren't being faithful to Christ, the Bible is pretty clear that you're you're probably more in line with the Pharisees who are, you know, walking around claiming to be holier than thou or just trying to, or just being a-religious in a sense and saying, like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to come up with things as I go. Either one is good. All right. So um, we'll take a quick little break, and then on the back side of that, we will... Um, Go into our next topic. All right, we will be right back. Beta. <laughs> Dang it, I'm failing. <laughs> it's, it's in the book. Yep. But uh, the fruits of spirits like love, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Um, Wait for the algorithm. This track meet in Birmingham. Get ready for the Nationals and hope to put on a, put in a good performance. Um, just making sure she pushes out of both legs, out of the blocks, and not just relying on one leg. All right, no, we are back here, and uh, we're about to have some fun. This uh, this one is going to be a good, good topic. I'm very excited about it. Jackie Hill Perry exposes Christians for their pride and gives a very interesting perspective on how we should, you know, approach, you know, Pride Month or just pride in general in our, you know, walk to in our pursuit of being holy 
as well. So let's get into this. All right, so here we go. Jackie Hill Perry exposes Christians for their pride, but it's not what you think. That's not it. Dang it. Hold on. We're coming back. We're coming back. All right, hold on. Let me get this queued up because we are uh, struggle streaming today. Hold on. Hold up, hold up, hold up. All right. Don't okay, there we go. All right, okay. Here we go. Here we go. We All got right. it. Let's go. Jackie Hill Perry exposes Christians for their pride. Homosexuality is not the main problem. The problem is sin. Sin is the problem. Homosexuality is a leaf on a tree of sin. You heard her. Sin is the problem. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We're going to break this down. We're going to go over more of that sermon in just a second as well. First, I need you to, because we are on a mission to spread some practical religion. Now, we have a question for you that we need you to answer in the comments. And that is... How should we approach the issue of pride as Christians. How should we approach the issue of pride? Leave that down in the comments. We'd love to know your thoughts and uh, just spark up some quality conversation. As we are getting into that, we are going to queue up our next video and react to a little bit more of the clip that you just saw. That's why you have some people that are saying, you know, I asked God to make me straight and he didn't. The problem was, is you asked God to save you from one thing and not to save you from all of you. That was the problem. And so what needs to happen is, is that God needs to get a hold of the root. God needs to get to the root of the tree, change the tree through regeneration and sanctification and salvation so that the leaves now will bear fruit. Yeah. So a lot of people will want to change their outside appearance without changing their heart. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that. The outside is a reflection of what is inside. As Jesus talks about, it's what what defiles a man or the, the the filthiness of a man is what comes from within, not what he puts in his body, but what comes from within. That is a, the defilement of, you know, what comes from a man's heart. It's the filthiness of him. And so, I mean, it's perfectly echoed here. It's like if you want to be changed for the better you have to it's more than just the outside appearance and so like the 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 blossoms on a flower if they if they look you know dead and dried up it's because you know the roots are bad and the the plant isn't healthy it's not that oh the flowers just need to be be come back alive it's like no the whole tree is is indicative of the whole tree's health or the whole plant's health yeah, that's the concept of a pure heart, too. Like, you come before the Lord with a pure heart. That's not just thinking that, oh, you're perfect. You're not going to have temptations. You're not going to have desires. Right. But it's turning those to God and having him redirect those mm-hmm. 
to glorify him. Yeah, he's constantly sanctifying you mm -hmm. in those. Yes, absolutely. Where you will see joy and peace and self-control and all of the things that the fruit of the Spirit will produce. And so in me, I noticed that I had a big issue with the Lord. So I started to compare the cost. I started to think about everything that I loved and their consequences. So I thought about, okay, Okay, I think it's been clear that God don't like that. I done heard that all my life. Okay, that's not good. Ooh, I really like uh, getting drunk. Man, that's a sin too. Dang. Um, I don't do honor my parents. Man, Old Testament was very clear that that's not okay with God. Oh, goodness gracious, I'm a thief. Hell, wow. Like, I was just like, everything I loved was terrible. Um, right, and when you're out in the world, you start to love the things of the world. And then when you dedicate your life to Christ and you seek him faithfully, back to the theme of the show, being faithful to Christ, when you seek Christ faithfully, your desires start to become the desires of God because he is molding you into a more perfect being in his sight. And what I saw was everything that I had affection for, everything that I enjoyed, everything that I did naturally, that at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it. So I started to have this conversation with God and I was like, God, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, but I don't want to be straight. Like, that's just not something I want to do. Mm. And that disposition of heart that I had is typical, where if you meet those who are same-sex attracted, you will hear, if you preach Jesus, what they hear you say is be straight. Hold up. And that's a lot of times what happens because you, could, you can preach the same thing to somebody who's struggling with a different sin, say somebody's a fornicator or somebody's just struggling with, I mean, gluttony or something like that, yeah. right? They don't hear, oh, like you're telling me to eat healthy. Right. Or they don't hear you're telling me that I must, you know, not fornicate right? or that I must, you know, stop having sex in a sense. Right. We just need to preach the good word of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And preach that, hey, you need to seek him faithfully and then let him change your heart. But she's going to get into that here in just a second. When in reality, Jesus is not calling us to heterosexuality. He is calling us to holiness. Amen. But it's hard to hear the difference. Hear me. Heterosexuality is not the goal per se. Holiness is the goal because once I get to know Jesus, then he works out all the rest, right? I think sometimes people have become what I like to call heterosexual evangelists. Ooh, and this is big. Because sometimes people get into the shaming of the sin to where they're not preaching the message of Christ, right? When the goal isn't to, you know, condemn people and change them of this one sin, but it's to make them holy in the sight of God. And we should all be striving for that rather than, you know, condemning people, right? Go back to John 8 all the time. It's like, let he without sin cast the first stone, right? And after everybody has left one by one, then Jesus asked the woman, it's like, where are your accusers? She's like, they're all gone. She says, 
has anybody, or Jesus says, has anybody condemned you? She said, no. He said, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. And so he's saying, yes, I am not condemning you. So I'm not judging you in the way of condemnation, but I'm telling you, hey, because I'm giving you grace when you should be condemned, I'm giving you grace and I'm giving you mercy. Now I'm giving you the opportunity to go and pursue holiness, to correct yourself of that sin. And so there's great freedom in treating people as Christ has treating them with the love of Christ because it allows them to be free. But if you sit there and you throw rocks at them, then there won't be any change. Then, you know, LGBTQ community will, you know, come after you and they'll come after you with force because you've just been throwing rocks at them all your life. And so you haven't treated them with the love that, you know, they, that every person seeks where when talking to the LBGTQ community, they will present the gospel of marriage or the gospel of being straight as if that is the goal of this life. As if when we get to heaven, we will have marriage between man and woman. Marriage won't exist. What will exist is the lamb and the church. Will exist in the bridegroom and the bride. So we can't preach marriage. We need to preach Jesus. Mm. And so... That was just a small clip of that sermon. Um, if you want to go check out that whole thing, just type in, you know, Jackie Hill Perry pride. sermon on pride, basically, yeah. and that'll pop up. It's one that came out a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I thought that was very insightful. And we want to pose this Amen. question one more time. How should we approach the issue of pride? Leave that down in the comments. Let's get into our main points. So Kenya's point first. I think that she, what she mentioned about approaching it from a place of holiness versus a place of let me just pick this one sin and make them feel shame about it mm-hmm. was really good. So I think we should approach the issue of pride with grace and with mercy. Those that never experienced same-sex attraction wouldn't really understand how that feels, and that's something that I took away from the sermon was like oh wow I never really like thought about it like that so rather than condemning someone straight to hell which tends to happen a lot is give them Jesus should give them the hope of Jesus the mercy of Jesus the grace of Jesus the gospel of Jesus and point them towards holiness and how that in itself will transform all areas of their lives not just this one little part yeah Yeah. and well yeah I think a lot of people will, you know, try to push you to get like the desired results that they think in their head, which means like, oh, I want to I want them to be straight so that they can kind of say and get the give the glory to themselves, like, hey, like they were in sin and then I came in and, and I, you know, preached them this and they became straight. But who's getting the glory there? Mm-hmm. Right. Or who are you giving the glory to? Right. Because Christ ultimately gets the glory because somebody has, you know, changed their lifestyle. But a lot of people will take it upon themselves to be like, no, I need to do the correcting so that they can get the glory, which is a sin in and of itself. And you should never correct sin with a greater sin or with another sin, at least. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then so my Bible verse is John one sixteen. 
For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And just as we've received grace, Mm -hmm. we should put that onto other people. Yes, amen to that. So my point is we should encourage people to pursue holiness, like Jackie Hill Perry said, and the transformation that God does in you will result in a new creature that lives in his will. So Hebrews 12, 14 says, work at living in peace, which that gets lost a lot of times because, you know, you'll have Bible verse says that Christ comes to divide, right? But he's coming to, you know, divide and separate. Okay, these people are living for me and these people aren't. That's what he's dividing for, you know, the as far as like the kingdom versus the world. But as far as us living, he's saying, or uh, Paul in Hebrews saying, live with peace, work at living with peace with everyone, right? And work at living a holy life, back to the holiness piece. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And so if you aren't pursuing holiness over you know, everything else, right? Becoming sanctified in Christ, then you won't see God, right? If mm-hmm. you are just you know, looking at people's sin and trying to correct it, and saying like you got to be this way and you got to be this way and you're not striving for holiness and you're not offering grace and mercy to encourage holiness for everybody else then you aren't really seeing the lord that's just what we think we want to know what you think again here's the question how should we approach the issue of pride as believers if you like this video i know that you are going to like this video next so go ahead and check it out because youtube recommends it personally to you we will see you over there but until then don't be the alpha and the omega like for the algorithm all right welcome back quality people are getting into your comments here Aunt Cindy says say it it is a tool that the enemy will use against us humility can be gained through focusing upon Christ as our standard and not each other amen, amen to that and quality people I need you to because we're on a mission to spread the more practical religion Mac says I was reading that she used to be a lesbian and when she converted the gay community said you cannot change your sexual orientation. God can transform lives. Gary. Gary, God is always with you. Yes. And so, wait, go ahead. I was just saying absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so. You can't put God in a box. Right, you can't put God in a box. Um, yeah, T-Mac just said the screen is blurry. I'm not sure. Maybe that's a. Uh, no, I think that might just be the streaming quality. Maybe we don't have, you know, high stream rate. But it's uh it's coming through fine on our end. Should be fixed. It looks normal now. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, but that's uh that's what we have today. Um we can get into talking about um the second question that we were gonna answer during a hangout session. But it got kind of uh, thrown off with, <laughs> you know, the new things I got popping Amen. up and down. So, what does faithfulness to God look like? 
I would say constant pursuit, I think. I would say constant pursuit, spending time in your word, just like you would be faithful in a romantic relationship in a sense, and just like you would be faithful to like a family member and be diligent with calling them or hanging out with them or trying to understand them, how they're feeling. Uh, you could do a similar thing with God and making sure you're reading your word, make sure you're praying in all aspects of life, not just morning, night, but like at any moment in time, you just pray to him and talk to him about whatever. Um, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I like how you compared our relationship to Christ and to God with the fidelity of a relationship, of a romantic relationship. So a relationship with your partner, a relationship in marriage, which is you know, illustrated in the New Testament with Christ being the groom and the church being the bride. And so yeah. I think that is how we're, the dynamic of how we are supposed to approach our relationship with God is yeah, we need to be faithful to you. We need to seek you. Where are you? You are in your word. And as a result of reading our our word, then we can go out in the world and we have a clearer lens of seeing God in the world rather than, you know, succumbing to the evil of the world. And so, yeah, I think faithfulness is about going back to living church rather than just going to church. Like you live the word and you're becoming more like the word the more and more that you read it, the more and more that you go out and you live in the will of God, to put that very succinctly. So, yeah, that is what we think about, you know, being faithful to Christ. Like our theme of the day was unfaithful because we were talking about, you know, Christians not thinking Jesus was perfect, you know, we're in the middle of Pride Month. Um, let's see. Oh, Aunt Cindy has another comment. We'll put that up on the board. She's, she <laughs> says, God doesn't want to be the side chick. He deserves first place. Yeah, yes. and that, that's talking about fidelity. Yeah. Again, it's like, like I wouldn't step out on you because you are, you know, I, well, I'm, should, you shouldn't have a side chick anyway, right? I'm, yeah. I wouldn't be being faithful in our relationship, right? And so it's the same thing with God when you are pursuing who you are really called to be. Mm-hmm. You can't get to that person without God pulling you into that. Yeah. And so if you're not faithful to that and you sin, then you have to reap the consequences back to what you were saying earlier yeah that kind of brings me to you can't have any other gods with god right yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) i got you well we've had a fun time let's see we're at about 49 minutes of streaming yeah this has been fun before we get out of here we're going to remind you of our schedule here uh next three shows tomorrow at 9 p.m thursday 7 30 p.m and then friday we will have Faith and Beyond with Kenya McIntosh and my mother. So you're not going to want to miss that. As well as a 
quality or <laughs> I'm mixing up my shows now. Profitable, profitable conversations. Where we're actually going to be talking about fruitfulness. And if um, I'm working on getting TJ three history on the stream, so he's he's trying to work that out with you know his schedule, his three kids, and his wife. So he he will be on the channel soon. But that is just what we got coming down the pipeline. Remember, we got new logo reveal new channel name and we got some really cool new things that are going to launch here soon so you're going to want to make sure that you share this with your family and friends also click that little bell icon that they always tell you to click so that you're notified every time that we're about to go live or that we drop a new video and uh, so that you can um, just stay quality stay quality keep having quality conversations you got anything to say before we get out of here um thank you to the new subscribers that joined welcome to the quality fam we're glad to have you yes we are remember Gary. god is always with you until tomorrow we'll see